0: May we turn for our message to the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Jesus Christ Addresses these words to one individual. The individual in this instance was a very powerful man, a ruler of the Jews. His name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus had sought out the Lord
1: by night,
0: under cover of darkness. He had come because in his own heart and in his own mind some very serious questions had been raised by the ministry of Jesus Christ. And he sought to go directly to this person in order that he might learn from his own lips the answers to his questions. And beloved, Jesus Christ is the one to whom we should come with our questions. He's the one to whom we should go with these matters that are deep in our souls as they relate to life, to death, and to eternity. And Nicodemus came to Jesus with these questions. It's interesting to observe the nature of these questions because Jesus observed that they involved what he called marveling. He gave an appraisal of what was going on in Nicodemus' mind and in his heart. And the questions which Nicodemus had to ask were in response directly to the declarations of Jesus Christ. Actually, Nicodemus didn't have an opportunity to ask the first question. When he came to Jesus, he paid him tribute. He said, we know that no one can do these things that thou art doing, these miracles, these wonders, except God be with him. And then Jesus didn't give Nicodemus an opportunity to say anything more. The minute Jesus saw that Nicodemus had come with a sincere approach, a sincere uh, raising of questions, surely God must be with you, Jesus Christ then turned and made these declarations to Nicodemus as a mighty man that he had to be born again. He said it once, he said it twice, and then the questions that Nicodemus asked came out of this strange declaration. At least it was strange to Nicodemus that ye must be born again. The first of these questions you find here in this third chapter, when Nicodemus, Nicodemus turned and said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How is it possible for anybody to do what you say is necessary? in order to get into the kingdom of heaven when he's already been born and he's spent some years here and he's an old man. Now, how's that going to be possible? And then Jesus Christ gives a reply and a declaration in which he simply reemphasizes what he has said before, that you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born of the power of the Word and of the Spirit of God. And then Nicodemus comes back with his second great question, How can these things be? Now, beloved, no man ever came to Jesus with an honest and sincere question without getting the answer, which is the everlasting truth. And Jesus Christ gave to Nicodemus the answers to these questions. And it's with these answers that I propose to deal today in this message. However, before we approach the question of marvel and what Jesus saw in the questions, I think we must recognize that Jesus Christ in this discourse revealed himself to Nicodemus first as the Son of Man and second as the Son of God. And then he gave unto Nicodemus, in this exchange, just one man to another man, Jesus speaking directly into the heart and the face of Nicodemus, he gave expression to perhaps the most famous and beloved text of all the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then our Savior began to open up more of the fullness that is involved in the real spiritual change that takes place when he says, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, and he won't even come to the light, that his deeds might be made manifest. But he that doeth the truth, he will come to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Jesus Christ had in his person, he had in his word, everything that could give Nicodemus light and life and the answer to his questions. Now I'd like to have you observe how simple the answers are. They are the simplest kind of replies. Jesus says, marvel not. Nicodemus, what I'm talking about, if you'll just understand it, it's not something that's very deep. It's not something that's so uh, fantastic. It's not something that that you should be marveling about. Uh, Nicodemus, I want you to understand that I'm speaking about the simplest things, the plainest things. I'm speaking about the most necessary things. The most necessary things that men have to deal with. I'm speaking about And you know, beloved, when you just look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, you are amazed, you're utterly amazed of the childlike manner and the childlike approach of so much of his discourse. He talked about bread. Bread. I am the bread. Talked about water. Says, I'm the water. Talked about light says, I'm the light. The simplest little thing our Savior took. And now he comes to Nicodemus and he says, Nicodemus, don't you marvel that what I say unto you. Don't you stand in the presence of this and try to make something complicated out of it. Don't you take the words that I've given unto you and try to... involve them or enlarge them and try to make out of what I've said something that is very difficult. Don't you marvel that I've said unto you, ye must be born again. And then our Savior proceeds to explain to Nicodemus. He says, Nicodemus, you're a ruler, you're a man in authority. You're aware of what goes on in life. You're aware of what's going on in the community. You're aware of all these things. Why, Nicodemus, should you be surprised? Now, all that I've done, says our Lord, is to set before you, Nicodemus, the ordinary things that you know about life. Babies have to be born. That's the way you got here. That's the way everybody got here. Everybody arrived here by being born. It's, one of the, it's the most common experience. In fact, there's nobody here that didn't get here without being born. That's the only way you could possibly arrive. Nicodemus, you know that. You're aware of that. And I want you to see that the only way you arrive in this world where you are now is by a birth. And the only way you can arrive into the world that I'm talking about, the kingdom of God, is also by a birth. And if the only way you could get into this life was by a birth and you don't marvel at that, why do you marvel when I tell you that in order to get into my kingdom, you must be born a second time? What is there complicated about that? Why our Savior is telling Nicodemus that you know the ordinary things of life and here we are in this world and we came here by way of ordinary generation. And now if you're going to get into this new world, you need a regeneration. You need a new birth. And our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking here of the same things that the apostles spoke of after him when Peter turned around. He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed. Nicodemus, everybody that enters this world is born into this world by corruptible seed. The human seed is corruptible. But the seed that is used to bring the second birth, the seed that is used to bring the new life in Christ is an incorruptible seed. It is the Word of God and it liveth and it abideth forever. Nicodemus, don't you marvel when I tell you that you must be born again. Well, Nicodemus... needed now to have the lord go just a step further and he says oh how the lord opens this to nicodemus he says nicodemus that which is born of the flesh is flesh but that which is born of the spirit is spirit and this second birth that i'm talking about is something that has to do with the Spirit of God moving in the heart of an individual and making that person alive and making him a new creature. By the lines are drawn. How simple the Lord is going to develop it. And then he says, Now, Nicodemus, he says this matter of the Spirit moving. You want to know how can these things be? I'll tell you, Nicodemus. Here is the Spirit, the unseen Spirit of God, And this Spirit moves just like the wind. The wind. The wind bloweth where it listeth. You see the effect of it in the rustling of the leaves, and the movements of the trees. But it goes where it listeth. And thou knowest not where it came from or where it's going, but you just see the effect of it. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's like the wind that moves across the leaves of the tree and you see the rustling and you say the wind is blowing and the Spirit of God moves in and he lays his hand upon the soul of a man and he's born again. And you say the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God has done this in the life of an individual. Two weeks ago, when I was in Brazil, and I preached Sunday morning for Dr. Rosen. Dr. Garros said, Dr. Mangtai, it's our custom to go out Sunday afternoons and to have an evangelistic meeting. He said, our people go out in the parks, and they go other places, and they go out and evangelize. He said, we'd like to have you come with us this afternoon. We've arranged for a place down in one of the parks, and we're going to be out there. And he said, you come on down and be with us. And I said, well, I'll be glad to do that and so after we went to the hotel had our lunch and rested a little while while they came by for us and they picked us up and drove us around went over to a big park a lot of people around the big central open place there a lot of gravel in this place and they'd driven a truck up there just a truck and uh, they had some chairs there and had a microphone and uh, some of these brazilians were up there they were just preaching you know in portuguese and i tell you beloved if you want to listen to some fiery preachers you listen to these spanish and these portuguese these men get up and they just preach and they preach and they preach and these men were preaching up there and i stood out here other men gathered a great big crowd gathered a lot of our people came dr gayros's people came so finally i said to myself well, i'm going to go up there and preach and so I just says, goodbye, I'm going to go up there and preach. So I walked around, climbed up the little ladder they had, got up on the platform, and I says, Dr. Gayros, let me preach, will you? And he says, well. And uh, I says, fine. And I says, who will interpret? He said, well, I'll do it for you. And you know, beloved, I stood up there. You know what I preached from? John 3.16. You must be born again. That's what I did. But here I was with all these Portuguese people. And I want to tell you something. When you're being translated, as you have to be, you have to be simple. You can't start with an and and a but and a whereas and a nevertheless and a lot of other uh, modifying phrases and clauses. You can't even get started. All you have to do is have a subject, a predicate, and a simple verb. And you say black is white or rather it's simple. (laughs) It's just simple. And then they they take it and they translate it. And besides, sometimes they have to twist it around backwards anyhow after you say it. And so you have to be simple. You just have to talk about the simplest things. And it's amazing that the simpler things are, the better the people like it. It's the most amazing thing. But Gero stood there by my side, and I took this, and I began to talk about getting here the first time, and how they were born a corruptible seed, and they all understood it. And then I began to take Peter that you had to have incorruptible seed to get born the second time, and this seed could be found only in the Bible, and this is the only place this seed was obtainable. You couldn't go down to the stores and buy it. You couldn't get it anywhere else. The only place this kind of seed could be found and used was in the Word of God. And then I came to this matter, the Spirit of God moving, you know, and look here with the great big old palm trees up there, and lo and behold, the Spirit of God the it came along about that time the wind began to blow through the top of the palm trees and you could see the, wee, the the big palms waving some coconuts up there and they began to just rock a little bit and I stopped in the middle of my sermon and I says everybody stop look at the top of the palm trees look at the top of the palm trees and they all turned they looked I says, what's going on up there I says the leaves are, are, are moving they're moving what's moving the wind bloweth where it blisteth and thou canst not tell whither it came or where it goes. I says, that's the way it is with the Spirit of God. And I use that palm tree with the shaking coconuts in the wind to illustrate the work of the Spirit of God in coming in and touching the hearts of men. Beloved, I preached so long that Dr. Gayros lost his voice. He got hoarse, he lost his voice. But when I finished preaching up there on that truck that afternoon, I guess they weren't used. I had on a white suit like I have tonight that or today and I stood up there just like this and to see a a, a North American in a white suit and coming out there and standing on that truck that must have been a curiosity for them because they all came and every once in a while I'd stop at the middle of my and say you folks out on the road come on in here I got something to tell you and you know they'd come they'd just come on in there and stand around and you know I saw the policemen that had quite a few policemen the government, the city put police around you know there was no disturbances but there was one fellow over here and I watched him He stood there and he put his arms like that and began to look at me, and I watched him. Then I watched his facial expressions change as I began to explain how simple it was that he's born the first time, he had to be born a second time, that he had nothing to do with being born the first time. He had nothing to do with it, not a thing. I said, you're not going to have anything to do with it now. The Lord will do it for you. He'll make you a new creature. And I saw that man's countenance change. I saw him relax. I saw him drop his arms. I saw him completely change. And when I finished that message, that policeman accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. And he came to me and shook my hands and says, Dr. McIntyre, he says, I've been born again here this afternoon. The trees, the wind, the seed, the word. So simple. And that is exactly the way it works, and that's exactly the way it's accomplished. And there's nothing more to it. There's nothing to add to it. There's nothing that can be in any way taken out of it other than that the Spirit of the Almighty God takes the Word of the living God, and that Word then enters into your heart, into your ears, down into your soul, and the power is there of God, and you are made a new creature in Christ. Now, one thing about this new birth that you preach, and I told the Brazilians about it, was that once you get born again, you don't die. You get born the first time, you're just going to die. This flesh of yours is going to die. But if you get born the second time, you have an everlasting life, and that will never end. That will never die. And the life which Christ gives in the gospel, in his blood, in his cross, In his resurrection, the life which Christ gives is an unending life. And an incorruptible seed can only produce that which is incorruptible. And that's eternal. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. Then our Savior goes on and notice how he turns to Nicodemus. And he says, Nicodemus, if I tell you of earthly things, if I tell you, Nicodemus, of the things that take place down here on this earth, and you won't believe me, you don't believe that what I'm telling you will take place, how will you believe it if I tell you of eternal things? I tell you of heavenly things. Beloved, this miracle of the new birth, this regeneration by the Spirit of God takes place here on this earth. It doesn't take place in heaven. Being born again has to take place down here. It takes place in this church. Many times it's taken place in this church. It takes place in your home. When you're listening to a radio and someone explains the gospel and you see it and you believe, it takes place right there where the Word of God is. One of the interesting developments there in Brazil as we preached the gospel, it was a blessed one. The newspaper there in the city, one of the most important ones, called over to the church when Castillo Branco died. He was killed in an airplane clack. Tragedy. But he was the great leader of the Republic, and they honored him as the president. And they sent over, the paper called up and said, would you issue a statement? They want to know if Dr. Gayros would issue a statement about the general, and would I issue a statement about the general? They said, we're putting out a special edition on the general, it will be on the streets at four o'clock, and we must have immediate action. Could you possibly get us a statement? Dr. Gayrose turned to me and said, do you want to give him a statement? I said, certainly I'll give him a statement. Let's give him one. He said, I said, are you going to give him one? He said, yes. And so he took a piece of paper and wrote out his, and I took out a piece of paper and wrote down mine. We sat there, and I said, what are you going to do? He said, we're going to take him over there. So he and I got in one of his cars, and we went down to to the newspaper. We walked up to the third floor where they were. We met the manager, and he said, yes, just come in the room. We want to take your picture. And here was a very fine-looking Brazilian lady in charge. She greeted us. She could just speak a, a little English. That's what they call a little English. And uh, she seemed so interested. Saturday night, when we brought the concluding message in that convention, I noticed that she was the newspaper representative backstage there, sitting alongside the choir. And as I preached, I glanced to her several times, and I saw her listening so intently, so intently. And I made the gospel so clear, beloved, that's the only thing that Latin America needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as I came to the climax of that message, I was explaining how they had to be saved and to go forth and preach the word that it would bring forth its power. And when I finished, that lady of that newspaper came over at the close and she shook my hand and she said, I never understood salvation until tonight. And Dr. Gayros told me a little later that when she came to him and spoke freely in Portuguese, she says, Dr. Gayros, I believed tonight. I believed tonight. If I tell you of the things that take place upon this earth and you won't believe me, how will you believe me if I tell you of the things in heaven? And then Jesus says, no man has ascended up into the heaven, save the Son of Man who came down from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. And how can he be in heaven, out of heaven, down from heaven, on the earth, and in heaven at the same time? How can you accept that? He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. And if you believe that he is the one that gives the grace and the power to be born a second time, by the Spirit of God, then you'll believe his word about being in heaven and on earth and the Son of Man and the Son of God, and God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. My beloved, when you go back, as I did, to a country like Brazil, I've been down there now, 49 was the first time, wasn't it? Yes, 49, and then 51, and 52, and 54, and right on through up until 58 and then 60 was the last time and then a big blank of seven years and I haven't been in Latin America. I went back and preached in the conservative Presbyterian Church of San Paulo, where Armando Oliveira is the minister, the dear man, bless his heart, he's retired now, but he was the man that brought us to South America, brought our whole movement to South America. And when I concluded that message that night, I asked how many of the people here tonight were present 18 years ago when we came and spoke for the first time. I believe there were nine present that were there 18 years ago. And one of these men came up to me and he shook my hands and looked at me and he smiled. He says, Dr. McIntyre, when you were here 18 years ago, in 1949, he says, I accepted Christ when you were here. He says, now I'm a deacon in this church. He says, I have a business of my own. And he says, the Lord has prospered me. And he says, I'm giving everything I have to Jesus Christ. I looked at that man, his eyes moistened up, and he shook my hands. And he says, thank you, Dr. McIntyre. Beloved, marvel not that I say unto you that right here and now men's lives can be changed. They can take places in the house of God and build the work of God. God will bless their endeavors and their undertakings and they can use what they have for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. That's what our Savior. It's an ordinary experience for every Christian. You can't be a Christian without the experience of being born again. You can't even begin to understand the things that belong to the Christian's life until you first become one. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he. They're foolishness to him. But those of us who have received the new birth and have been born of incorruptible seed, we have received the life of God. We have received the gift of God and we now have Jesus Christ dwelling in us and by faith we live and by faith we walk and we know that Jesus Christ is sufficient for our every need, our every burden, our every sorrow, our every victory. Marvel not that I tell you these things. Ye must be born again. I'm going to tell you this experience. You just don't know how, the Spirit's moving. We've had some remarkable instances of conversion down at the Christian Admiral this season. Some remarkable instances. But one day this week, after I finished the network broadcast and had finished it there, and maybe folks are listening, lady came in, down from upstairs. I was getting ready to go to get some breakfast. She said, Dr. McIntyre, would you mind? She says, I have such a burden, I must talk to somebody. She says, I'd just like to talk to you. She says, I've been listening to you on the air. And she says, I want to talk to you. And she seems so troubled. She says, I've been troubled tonight, and I want to talk to you. And I says, all right, sit down. So I sat down. And I says, what's on your mind? She says, must you have a tragedy in your life before you can be born again? I says, no, lady. No, you don't have to have a tragedy. Well, she says, she says, my sister's here. And she says, her husband's a doctor. and They're from up in New York. And she said, you know, they got born again. And she says, they left the Episcopal church that they were in. And she said, they have become entirely different. She says, you can't imagine the change that's taking place in my sister. No longer drinks cocktails. Not interested in these things she used to be with. Doesn't even run with the old crap they used to go with. She said, I just can't imagine my sister. And my sister tells me, she says, you must be born again. And she keeps telling me. But she says, I don't understand what she's talking about. She says, tell me, Dr. McIntyre, what is it that's made them so different? And she says, you know, I would like to have what my sister has. Well, when that lady talked like that to me, I said, just a minute, lady. I says, I go over here and got up the pulpit and got my Bible. (laughs) and Came over here and I says, lady, now just let me read this to you. She says, well, she says, is it necessary for me to have some kind of an experience to get this? I says, lady, please quit trying. Won't you just quit trying? Just wait. Let me explain this to you. I said, you don't have to do a thing, lady. You just don't have to do a thing. And then I turned to Romans 10, that great passage, where faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I said, lady, you don't have to go climbing up into heaven to bring this thing down." You don't have to go working and working and climbing and doing this to bring Christ down to you. I said, you don't go out here and dig down and work and labor and go down into the deep and bring Christ up to you. You don't have to do anything like that. I said, lady, it's near you. It's already been brought to you. It's right here. It's the Word, this Word. It's the Word of faith. And the Bible says, I read it to her. I just read it out to her. It's even in thine ears. It's the word of faith that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I says, Lady, you're saved right here now. You just have to take the word. She looked at me. She just stared at me. Her eyes just glazed at me. And I said, Girl, all you have to do is to believe that this is the word of God and that Christ died for your sins and that Christ raised... Was raised from the dead. I says, That's all you have to believe. I says, You can believe it right here and now. And I says, You'll be born again now. I explained it to her. And I went over it again. And then she turned and she said, And her eyes changed, her countenance changed. She says, I believe. Well, I said, What did you tell me? She says, I believe. I said, Did you say it with your mouth? She said, Yes. (laughs) She said, Yes. I said, Well, then you've been born again. She says, I've been born again. She said, well, I'll go tell my sister. I'll go tell my sister. And I saw that thing take place. I saw the change take place. Marvel not at it. If it takes place here on this earth, and you won't believe me, how will you believe me, if I tell you of the glories of heaven and the things that are to come as a result of the great glory of God. it's thee. the word is here who brought it to you christ brought it here who gave it to us god gave it to us you don't have to go climbing around you don't have to go giggling in the deep you don't have to carry on your works. you don't have to talk about your righteousness it's in your ears and it's the word of faith and if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth that god raised jesus christ from the dead Thou shalt be saved. I said, Lady, that's present tense. Be now saved. And we prayed. And oh, she said, Dr. McIntyre, I'm so relieved. She said, I thought there was something difficult about it. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. She left me, went upstairs, and went to the room where her sister and her Her doctor husband was and told them all about it. A little bit later, I saw the three of them downstairs, and they came over to me, and the old doctor was just beaming. He says, Dr. McIntyre, this is of God. We've been praying for her salvation, and now she's confessing with her mouth, and the Lord has changed her. Beloved, you can't have this any other place than in the gospel, and you can't find this message any other place than where the word is preached. You can't do it. Well, I was going to tell you another story, but I guess it's time to close. I'll save that for another time. But, oh, beloved, marvel not that I say unto you, Are you saved? Have you been born again? You were born of the flesh once. Have you been born of the Spirit the second time? And can you rise up and say with your mouth, I believe, that Christ was raised from the dead, and I believe he died for my sins. And you believe that, my friend, and you'll be born again. Let us pray. O God, our Father, we do praise thee for this gospel. And we thank thee for what we have seen it do in Brazil. And we thank thee that these dear men down there are determined to preserve their churches so that it will be preached. And that they shall not be carried off with this modernism and this apostasy and this ecumenism and this socialism and all this that's defiling and destroying the work of god and we thank thee that it is so simple that the wayfaring man though he be a fool cannot err therein and if there's a single soul in this assembly today a single one listening on the radio audience somewhere a single one oh lord like Nicodemus. May they believe the word of Christ. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen.